0: I want you to go to Genesis chapter 39 with me today. Genesis chapter number 39. We're going to study an Old Testament passage of Scripture. We're going to look at this man by the name of Joseph. Joseph was a young man, a a, a Jewish boy, a a child of Israel. This is before Israel has become a great nation. Really, at this point, Israel is just uh, uh, 12 sons. It's just a handful of people. The promise is upon them that they're going to become a great and mighty nation. That that promise God has given. And there's one by the name of Joseph. He is the second to youngest son in this family. Joseph was one that had great dreams, and he had these dreams in his his father made him this coat of, of many colors and, and gave him this coat and, and his dreams that he would tell and, and this coat and the way that his father would favor him, his brothers got jealous of him. And at the age of 17, the Bible tells us this, that he was sold into slavery. Imagine this, your brothers plotting to kill you, plotting to, to take your life because of jealousy, and and, and and instead of of killing him that day. One of his brothers said, Let's not do this, this, this shameful thing. Let's, let's just sell him. And there was a caravan that was coming by, and they sold Joseph. And, and Joseph then was taken into Egypt. And, and once he was into Egypt, the Bible tells us that Joseph was bought by a man named Potiphar. He was a, a wealthy man, he was a, a man close to the king. Uh, and um, uh, Joseph became a slave to Potiphar. And Joseph was so loved been so respected and so, such an honorable man that in a very short matter of time, Potiphar was allowing Joseph to run everything in his house. Matter of fact, Potiphar said this, the all that I know that I have is the food that's in front of me. Joseph has taken care of everything else. But then there was a, a day Potiphar's wife saw Joseph. The Bible tells us Joseph was a, a, a fine looking man. And she began to lust after him. While Potiphar was out working and not home and in probably a busy schedule, there was this man, Joseph, that was consistently there in the home taking care of everything in the home. And Potiphar's wife would come on to Joseph. And Joseph would respond to Potiphar's wife that, that it's not right. He can't do such a thing. He couldn't do this against Potiphar and he couldn't do this against God. And for the second time in Joseph's life, Something bad happened to him that really Joseph had done nothing to deserve it. The first was when his brothers sold him into slavery. The second was when Potiphar's wife then, uh, once she realized that Joseph was not going to uh, uh, lay with her, she, uh, she took hold of him and he got away and she had his coat in his hand and she began to scream and she made accusation against Joseph that Joseph had tried to, to molest her or tried to, to physically uh, uh, have a physical relationship with her. And she changed the story and said that she was the one that, didn't want this, but Joseph was the one that desired this. And Joseph, because of the accusation, because of the prestige and power that Potiphar had in the kingdom there in Egypt, Joseph was taken. He was falsely accused and he was convicted and he was placed in prison. And that's where Joseph sat in prison. Joseph's no longer home with his family back in, in uh, Canaan. He is, he is in Egypt because of an accusation and jealousy against him by his brothers. He doesn't deserve to be in Egypt, but he finds himself there. Now he's in Egypt, and he finds himself in a dungeon, in a prison in Egypt, and he's done nothing to deserve this. If you were to look at the first 30 or so years of Joseph's life, from the age of 17 then to the age of 30, it seemed like he was consistently, consistently, bad things were happening, and he truly didn't deserve this. Now I know everyone in jail says, I'm innocent, But Joseph truly was. Joseph did not deserve to be here. And I I wonder this morning, I wonder if you've ever been in a place in life where it seems like life is just up and down, and it can't seem to us, we can't seem to make sense of it, and it seems to hit us from every side. It just seems like continually bad things are happening. And and, and really, in this situation like Joseph, it's not because of bad decisions you're making. It's just simply what life and what God is allowing. You know, at times we can look at our decision making and, and we can see that we've made bad decisions. And when we make bad decisions, we can expect consequences. And the consequences maybe to our decisions are harsh. And really, we have no one to blame but ourselves. Have you ever been there? You're in a situation in life, and you wish you could blame someone else, but you know. You look in the mirror each day, and you know it's your fault. You made bad decisions. But then there's times that we look in the mirror, and we say to ourselves, what did I do? What have I done? I've been hurt, and I haven't deserved this. Maybe it's work, and, and after years of working and after years of laboring at a place, you found yourself maybe out of a job, and you say, but I was a good employee. What have I done? Maybe it's if the family, the situation you're going through, and life is just throwing things at you, and you said, what have I done to deserve this? What you do when you're doing nothing wrong. What you do when you're living biblical principles out when it seems like it really doesn't matter. What do you do when nothing makes sense in your life? That's the true test of character in a person. When you get to the end of your road, maybe someone says this to you, when you, when you get to the end of the road, just tie a knot and hold on. Has, has anybody ever told you that's good advice? Joe, just hold on. I, I like this. When when you're looking at your life, maybe someone says to you, listen, it could be worse. And you're thinking, could it? How much worse could it be? This is horrible. The sickness has come and the financial ruin has come and the broken relationships are come. And then someone says, just grin and bear it. And you say, I can't grin any longer. And I don't even know how much more I can bear this. Now, if you're doing wrong and you're living in sin, the answer is repent. Get right with God. Apply righteous living to your life. And, 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 and in doing so, by getting, repenting of that sin and doing right, your circumstances can change. But but I want to talk to you today. I want to talk to those today that are living right, and you see bad things happen. Look look with me in verse number 20 of chapter 39, Genesis 39, verse number 20. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in the prison. For nothing he's done, for nothing that he deserved, he finds himself in this place with all the other criminals in Egypt. Joseph was wrongfully accused by Potiphar's wife. Joseph is totally innocent. He's been serving God despite all the problems, despite all the situation that he's endured over these years. He has been serving God, and this is where he finds himself. And today, I want to I look at these principles, because what do you do when you find yourself in a place that you truly feel you don't deserve? When you find yourself with a sickness and you say, what have I done to deserve this? I've been living a righteous life. I've been living a a, a good life. And and, and I'm not saying a perfect life. We're all sinners. But you look and you say, I don't understand. It seems like some people can live whatever life they want to live. They can do whatever they want to do. And nothing ever bad happens to them. And then it seems like certain people, no matter how hard you try to do right, you suffer some physical pain. You suffer some emotional pain. Situations happen at work or at home, and and you just say, it doesn't seem fair. What do I do? And how should we live? I'm glad you asked, because in verse number 20, we find Joseph is there in prison. Look with me in verse number 21. But the Lord was with Joseph... And he showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatever they did there, he was the doer of it. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him. And that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. I want you to write this down someplace, please, in your heart. I'm going to give you several things here, uh, time, uh, uh, if time allows, and then I want you to, I want us to pray, and I want us to consider these things before we leave here today. I want you to write this down, please, someplace in your heart. Realize sometimes when God is working, you will not understand what He's doing. Sometimes when God is working, you will not understand what He is doing. You say, that just sounds so basic. It may sound basic, but it is a principle that each and every one of us need to realize in our lives that sometimes when God is working, you don't understand. In Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, if you can flip over there with me, I want you to follow along with me. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, and 6, the Bible says this, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. In verse number 3 there, uh, or verse number five there, the Bible says to trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And then it tells us something that is very important. Lean not to your own understanding. There are sometimes times, there's some things in life that happen to us and we spend a lot of time trying to figure out what God is doing. And sometimes the best thing isn't to try to figure out what God's doing, it's just simply to understand that God is in control, that God knows the situation and I don't have to understand what he's doing in order for God to be right. I don't have to understand what God is doing in order for God to be good. God is always good and God is always right despite what I feel and I think about a situation, realize this lean not to your own understanding many a times when we're going through trials many a times when we're going through heartache and we look and we say I don't understand why I'm going I I sincerely don't know why this bad would be happening to my life and we begin to lean to our own understanding what oftentimes happens is we come to the wrong conclusions There are people that go through tragedies in life and they come to the conclusion that God just has forsaken them. God has never forsaken you. The Bible says that God will not forsake you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. But in the moment of crisis, in the moment of heartache, when we're trying to figure out what is going on, we can come to a conclusion that's not real. I say this to often to people as I'm counseling to them. Don't don't always believe the emotion that you're feeling. Because many a times in the midst of our heartache, the emotion that you're feeling is not truth. Oh, it's real because you're feeling it. But just because it's real and you're feeling it does not make it truth. Listen to me, no matter what is happening in your life, no matter what hardship you're going through, whether you deserve it or not, what never changes is God's word and the principles of his word. Our emotions change, our feelings change, but God's word never changes. Lean not unto your own understanding. Realize sometimes when God is working, you won't understand everything he's doing. Go with me to Isaiah, if you would please, Isaiah chapter number 50. Isaiah chapter number 50, and read with me in verse number 10. Isaiah is speaking here, and he says this, Who is among you that feareth the Lord, that obeyeth the voice of his servant, that walketh in darkness, and hath no light? He says, Who is among you? Who is that way? Who of you feel like it just seems like today is constantly dark? No, you fear the Lord. You're trusting the Lord. But he says, who is it that you just can't understand why darkness is falling? He says this, let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon his God. Behold, all ye that kindle a fire, that compass yourself about the, with sparks, walk and In the light of your fire and in the sparks that ye have kindled, this shall ye have of mine hand. Ye shall lie down in sorrow. Here Isaiah is saying when it seems dark and it seems like you don't know the way, when it seems like there is no light, to trust the Lord. Trust him. You can be serving God and still have problems. I, I've said this so often and I say this again to warn you of this. Listen, if you turn the television on and you're listening to an evangelist and he says to you this that if you're saved, that all, all your problems are going to go away and he's preaching some false prosperity gospel, don't 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 be fooled by that. Sending him more money isn't going to make your problems go away. Trusting in the Lord, through desperate times, believing his word when life doesn't make sense, walking by the light of the word when it seems like life is in total darkness. That is how we deal with pressures and problems of the day. You know, many of God's greatest servants, many of his greatest saints that we read of in the Bible had problems. I think of Habakkuk. The story of Habakkuk is pretty much the story of he couldn't understand why the Chaldeans were, were prospering and God's people weren't. I think of John the Baptist, when John the Baptist was, was, was arrested and he was placed in jail, and it seemed like John the Baptist was going to die. He sends out his disciples to Jesus and he says, just, just ask him, just, just ask him one more time, be sure, is he the Messiah? Now, this is the same John the Baptist that baptized Jesus and said when Jesus was coming that I, I'm not even worthy to, to latch, unlatch the, 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 his, his sandals, and, and he knew, he said, this is God, this is the Son of God. He, he saw the, 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 the dove come down upon him, and the Spirit of God say, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. He saw all of that play out, but now he finds himself in a prison, not because he's done wickedness, not because he's robbed, not because he's stolen not because he's murdered but because he's preaching the the message of truth he finds himself and now he says is this even right he finds himself in darkness he finds himself trying to understand what is happening because when he set out to serve the lord he didn't understand and realize that life would end like this The Apostle Paul even said this to the Corinthian church. At times, he's perplexed. I think of the story of Job in the Old Testament when Job is simply living a righteous life. He's raising a godly family. He's righteous in his business. And overnight, it seems like all of it's gone. And his wife just says, curse God and die. You know, we would all come to times in our life When it won't make sense. Every one of us are gonna come to times in our life that we don't understand. There's gonna be news that we just don't get. There's people in here that you've got word from a doctor and you've said, "I, I don't understand. there's moms in here that want to have children and it seems, it seems that like the wicked just can have as many children and not take care of their children. And I just want a child from God and, and I would raise that child to nurture and admonition to the Lord. I'd raise that child to know God and I don't understand why I have to endure this heartache. There's others that every day you deal with a physical ailment and you say, I'm serving God. There's some things that we don't understand. There are some things in life that we'll never get. Go with me to Isaiah 55, if you would please. Just a few pages over in Isaiah 50. Isaiah 55, look with me in verse number eight and nine. The writer of Isaiah realizes this For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Oh, listen to this, why is it so important that we lean not unto our own understanding? Because you'll never understand an Almighty God. You'll never understand an infinite God. You'll never understand what God's doing. Why? Because our thoughts are not His thoughts and His ways are not our ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. When we get to a place where we don't understand, we simply need to rest in the Lord. Realize He understands. And oh, listen to me today, those that have a hurting heart today, just because it doesn't make sense to you, it doesn't mean that it doesn't make sense to God. Just because you can't explain why this is happening to your life, it doesn't mean that God is perplexed and that God is confused and that God can't explain. Every heartache that you're going through, God understands. Every pain that you're suffering, God knows the path. Every single issue you're dealing with in life that doesn't make sense, it makes total sense to God. And we must trust him. We must believe that. Secondly, I want you to see this, if you would, please. Let's go back to Genesis. If you would, please go back to Genesis, our text. Genesis 39. Let's look at the story of Joseph here. Joseph is in prison. He doesn't deserve to be there. Verse number 21, but the Lord was with Joseph and and showed him mercy and gave him favor and in the sight of the keeper of the prison and the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in prison and whatsoever they did there, he was a doer of it. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him. And that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. You know what's so interesting about this? It's almost like the same story that was in Potiphar's house now is in prison. And Joseph stayed faithful. Would you write this down, number two? When you don't understand what's happening, when you can't make sense of your life, stay faithful to God. If there was a man that could have said, you know what, this is, this is, I can't take it anymore. This is unfair. I am not going to stay here. I'm not going to continue. God, you failed me. It just seems like no matter how good I do, bad always happens. You know what, it's time to walk away. You don't find that as Joseph's response. Joseph, in a difficult time, decided he is still going to serve the Lord. And in the most difficult times of your life, you must make a decision. I am still going to be faithful to God. I'm still going to serve him. Oh, listen to me. Nothing hurts more when you see Christians change when trials come. I've seen it so often, church. People are faithful when everything's going right. But when problems come, they drop out. They fold up. They quit. And they fail to live the message that God has. Stay faithful to him. Keep serving him. Keep witnessing for him. Keep giving to him. Keep keep your life Focused upon him, even when it doesn't make sense in life. Stay faithful to God. Look with me in verse number two of chapter 39. This is Joseph when he now was in Potiphar's life, and things looked good, and the Lord was with Joseph. Look look with me in verse number 21. Now he's imprisoned. He's done nothing wrong. Twice now, he's done nothing wrong. He sold into slavery first, and then, and now he's in prison. He's done nothing wrong, but the Lord was with Joseph. Keep serving. When it seems difficult, realize God is still faithful. Number three, would you look with me in chapter 40? Look with me in chapter 40. Just turn a page here. We're going to... Continue to look at Joseph's situation that he finds himself in. Joseph's there in prison. He, he has the butler has a dream and the baker has a dream. Verse number 14, Joseph makes this request. He answers the dream of these. And he says, but think on me when it shall be well with thee and show kindness, I pray thee unto me and make mention of me unto Pharaoh and bring me out of this house. For indeed, I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews. And here also have I done nothing that they should put me into this dungeon. Joseph is saying, here, I'm in this place. And if you get out, show favor unto me. When you get into the, the to Pharaoh's kingdom again, would you, would you make mention of me? And he says, because I've done nothing wrong to deserve this. Number three, would you write this down? Don't give in to bitterness. Don't give in to bitterness. Even when others have hurt you, God is working. You see, what you don't understand is you and I don't understand past the moment. All of our minds allow us to know is today, the moment. It seems like for all of man's history, man has always wanted to see the future There's been movies about it and thoughts about it and books about it, dreams about it. If I could just go into the future and know what's going to happen, it would help me today. And man, dreams about time travel. If we could get into a machine and and go and then see what the future is, how beneficial that would be. You know what you would find? God is working. God is faithful. When you get stuck on the hurt or on the person that hurts you, you lose sight of what God is ultimately doing. And you lose sight that God is ultimately in control. When you let bitterness take hold in your heart and in your mind, you lose sight that God is ultimately in control. When you let that bitterness take hold in your thinking, it moves you away to where you now are dealing with emotion instead of truth. In 1 Peter 2.20, the Bible says, What glory is it if when we are buffeted for your faults, ye shall take it patiently? But if when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. You know what God is looking at? Not when everything's good in your life how you respond, but how do you respond when things aren't the way you want them? How do you respond, Christian, when things don't go the way that you would have them to go? Bitter people are not nice to be around. And oh, listen to me, Christian, we have hope and we have Christ. We ought to be the most enjoyable people to be around, even in the midst of sorrow. But far too often, Christians that become bitter are the most miserable people. Because of depending on, instead of depending upon Christ, we allow bitterness to take hold. Pastors get bitter. Church members get bitter. Listen to me, and this is a story that I learn and tell myself and teach myself so often. Remember, we serve God, not people. Well, we serve people, but we serve God. And you will be disappointed in life by people, but you'll never be disappointed by God. How do you act when you get hurt? When you're doing right, how do you act? This is a true test of our character. How do you behave? Next, I want you to write this down. I need to hurry. Genesis chapter 40, verse number 23, if you'll follow along with me. Yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forgot him. Now, I know... We've moved along really quick in this story, but what's happened is Joseph is there in prison. He tells of these, he gives these dreams. The, uh, the, the, the chief butler gets out and Joseph says, remember me when you get out, but the Bible here says he didn't remember him. He forgot him. In verse number 41, in uh, chapter 41, look with me in verse number 46. And Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt. I moved a long ways here. I wanted to show you something. When Joseph was sold into slavery, he was about 17 years old. He was sold into slavery by his brothers. He did nothing wrong. He was accused of Potiphar's wife, and he did nothing wrong. And he spent many of those years in prison. It's not until he's 30 years old that he stands in front of Potiphar. And that tells me this, some 13 or so years Joseph waited on the Lord. Oh, we want the Lord to work overnight. We want him to solve the issues today. We're not going to wait 13 years for the Lord to figure this out. Oh, listen to me, number four, would you write this down? Learn to wait on the Lord. Learn to wait on him. Go with me to Psalm chapter number 37, if you would please, Psalms 37. Now I'm gonna read verse number five. Commit thy ways unto the Lord, trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment the As the noonday, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger, forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil, for evildoers shall be cut off. But those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. She's serious, copying me here. Would you write this down someplace in your heart? God knows where you're at. God knows where you're at. And would you allow God to determine your schedule? God is never late. He is always on time. And his timetable is not ours. Don't try and hurry, God. God. We cannot pray, God, get on our timetable. Our prayer ought to be, God, help me to be on yours. Give me the patience to wait patiently upon you. What God is doing is always right, and his timeline is always right. Even though it's not our timeline, it's right because it's God's. And then lastly, I want you to write this down. Dream big dreams. There was a young man named Paul Thomas. He has Down syndrome. Paul was at our church in the Cincinnati area. Paul's dad was the youth pastor for Lee Robertson down in Chattanooga, Tennessee. For 20-some years, his dad was the youth pastor there, Ab Thomas. That's back when they were running thousands and thousands, 20,000, I believe, or so in that church. Ab had a young had a baby and later in his life, and that baby was born with Down syndrome. And even at that time, they told Ab, you know, he's probably not gonna be able to do a lot of things. You might even consider putting him into a home. He might be happier and better taken care of if you just take and place him in a home and let somebody else care for him. But Ab and his wife said, no, he's our child. He's the child that God gave us. We'll take him home, we'll care for him, and we're just gonna trust the Lord. Look, Paul grew and went to school and began to read and began to write. And Paul, his, one of his favorite sayings is this, dream big dreams. Dream big dreams. Paul has preached in Bible conferences all over the country. He's preached to thousands and thousands of people. These are the same doctors that said to Ab and his wife, you may just want to put him in a home. He's not really going to amount to much. He's got Down syndrome, and he's probably not going to be an asset to society, and he's probably going to be difficult to raise at your age. And they said, no, we're going to trust the Lord, trust his timing and his doing. Paul has written several books. Paul has a ministry where he writes pastors' letters every single week. If you tell Paul a city, just pick a city in America. Paul will tell you a pastor in a church that's in that city that he prays for and he writes. You know, say this to you, dream big dreams. All that God has put in your heart, he's going to do. I'm sure here as, as, as Joseph was, was contemplating in prison and all that's happened, God, I don't understand. You gave me these dreams. What did they mean? Every single thing that God put in Joseph's heart, God saw it through. Every single thing that God has put in your heart, he is going to accomplish. He is going to do. Circumstances never stop God. God. God is in control. Don't let today's circumstances deter you from seeing God's plan unfold in your life. Don't doubt in the dark what God has shown you in the light. God did not fail Joseph. And God is not going to fail you. Don't let your dreams dissolve. Dream big dreams. Don't let hurt keep you from seeing God's plan for your life unfold. There's days every one of us even with good reason could probably say I'm going to walk away. But don't lose your faith. There's coming a day when God is going to make everything right. And would you remember this, it's always too soon to quit. And it's never too late to start. When God has placed in your heart, it's always too soon to quit. And it's never too late to start. Would you bow in prayer with me? Father, I don't know today who's hurting. I don't know today who's Asking you why. Who's discouraged? Who's wondering what tomorrow is going to hold? But Lord, I'm sure there's someone here that needs to hear a word from you today. They're questioning something in their life, Lord, and they just need to know you're there. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us to take these principles that we see in the life of Joseph and live by these principles. I'm sure, Lord, it wasn't easy for Joseph in the darkest of nights. The darkness of that prison cell when he feels forgotten, forsaken. It seems like all of his dreams are over. It seems like everyone has forgotten him. His family has turned from him. Potiphar's wife has betrayed him. The butler the has forgotten him. It seems like all the world is just going fast. And there he is, forgotten. But Lord, you had a plan. And your plan was just unfolding you were doing a work that it needed time and Joseph needed to learn Joseph needed to wait And so Lord when we don't understand may we just patiently wait when we don't know what to do may we just patiently wait trust so Lord I pray for that mom here in this room with a broken heart or that dad here in this room or that son or that daughter who just doesn't understand. Lord, give him faith. Give him patience. May they rest in you. Would you stand with me as we just have a moment of invitation? Would you... Bow with me just with your heads bowed and eyes closed. I want to ask you a a question today. The most important question that you'll be asked in all of your life, not what your name is, not what you do for a living, not where you live, but the most important question you're going to have to answer is where are you going to spend eternity? There's an answer to that. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There's a heaven. There's a hell. Man is going to spend eternity in one of those two places. There's no in between. There's no coming back. Once we close our eyes on this side of eternity, we will open them in one of two places. And some people are saying, well, I'm hoping to be good enough that maybe that will merit God's favor. Or I'm giving and, and I'm, I'm a part of a church. or I'm trying to be religious. I'm, I'm trying to be faithful. I, I'm hoping that my good outweighs my bad. And if it does, maybe then God will be pleased. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Not your good works, not your religious affiliation, not your baptism, but him. The Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. The Bible says that God sent his son into this world to pay the sin debt of all mankind. And if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But God commendeth or demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died for you. He shed his blood upon the cross so that you could have everlasting life. That's life eternal with God in heaven. See, I don't know if God would accept me He's not willing that any perish, but all come to repentance. A person doesn't die and spend eternity in hell because God hates you. A person dies and spends eternity in hell because they reject Christ. He loves you. Matter of fact, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And I wonder if there's one here today that you would say this, I today, I want to trust Christ as my savior. I want to be saved. I want to receive this everlasting life. I want to know Christ today. I'm not asking you what church you're a member of. I'm not asking you what family you were raised in, what religion you were raised in. Do you know Christ? Have you trusted him as your savior? Has there been a time that you have confessed your sin and accepted that gift of salvation that only comes through Jesus Christ? Have you received that free gift? Have you cried out to God, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, and save me? I wonder if there's one here today that you would allow us to pray with you. I would say the majority of the people here in this room, just because I, I know you and I know your testimony, the majority of your people here in this room would raise their hand and say, I know Christ as my Savior. And that means this, the majority of the people in this room right now are then praying for you, for the one that maybe doesn't know Christ as their Savior. We're praying for you. We're praying that the Spirit of God would reveal truth to you and that you by faith would believe who Jesus Christ says that he is and has done what he says he has done. Is there one today that you would allow us to pray with you? I promise you I won't embarrass you. I just want to pray with you today. I just want to know that there's one or however many they may be so that we can pray with you today, you just simply slip up your hand and say, would you please pray for me today? I want to trust Christ as my savior today. Is there one? Just slip it up nice and high. I want to see who that is so I can pray with you. Is there one? Just give you one moment. Is there one? Christian, how many of you would say this? I've been hurt. I've been hurt. And I've thought about giving up. I've thought about quitting. I've thought about walking away. I've been discouraged. It doesn't make sense. I've even asked God, why? Is there one like that? I want to pray with you. I want us to raise our hands together. I want God to to know our hearts, is there one like that you would say, sometimes it doesn't make sense, but today I'm just trusting in God. I'm believing his word. And by faith, I'm just going to patiently wait. I'm going to let God's dream, the dreams that God has given me, I'm going to let them play out in his time. I'm going to patiently wait. Is there someone like that today? I want you to raise your hand. I want us to pray together. I want us to go to God together with your hands raised. Let's pray. Father, you see these hands. You know their hearts. Do a work, I pray, in each heart. Heal broken hearts. Encourage hearts today. May we not forsake your truth and your word, but may we believe the truth of your word. Be obedient to it and patiently wait. And I ask you and I pray these things in your precious and holy name. Amen. And all God's people said, Amen.